friends, thanks for being here with me at the local table. I'm Carrie Dirksen, the boss behind Feathered Arrow, a wedding planning and design company based in sunny Los Angeles, California. But don't be fooled, because I'm also a lifestyle photographer, and now, your podcast host. I've been building a business for over five years, and two things that I've learned more than anything is that community is powerful, and that stories truly matter. We all have a story to tell, wisdom to share, and advice to give. And what better way to learn than by sitting around a table with a drink in one hand and community right next to you. So join me on this adventure as I share about life, business insights, advice, and share people's stories of triumphs and failures. So pull up a chair, friend, and grab a drink as we dive into this week's episode of The Local Table. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Local Table Podcast. We have a really amazing guest this week. Her name is Crystal Malukas. She is a lover of all things business and the arts, and she has a background in dance and theater. And upon arriving in New York City, she immediately adapted to the city hustle. Crystal is the founder and CEO of Mustard Lane, a national event staffing company that has been around since 2006. Mustard Lane was built to be a source of gigs for artists, and now 14 years later, Mustard Lane is in 70-plus markets with a talent database of 5,000 people. She also runs an intimate event space in Manhattan called Mew, and she's always eager to grow. In 2019, Crystal founded Off the Lane, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and currently serves as president. Off the Lane is designed to be a resource for the creative community. Crystal is extremely passionate about all her endeavors and loves traveling and spending time with the internet's favorite Pomsky, her puppy, Sazzy. I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Local Table podcast as Crystal and I dive into her running both of her businesses and all things entrepreneurship. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for being here today at the local table. Um, Today, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Crystal Malukas. Did I get that right? (laughs) Perfect. And she is here today to talk to us about her businesses and um, share just how she manages it all and share some inspiration with everybody who's looking to be an entrepreneur or already is an entrepreneur. So Crystal, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are, what your story is, and what you do. Alrighty. Um, Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I am originally from Colorado, and uh, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, I went to college in Colorado, studied dance and theater, and knew that I wanted to move, move to New York immediately after graduation. And at that time, my dream was to be a dancer. Uh, So I moved to New York to be a dancer and uh, really discovered quickly that my passion for dance was not the same as uh, the climate around me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I would go to auditions and uh, leave thinking it was really fun and I would make friends and I would practice the routine at home and and I realized that my, my peers and my roommates would leave auditions and just be so confident that they got the job. Even if they didn't, they would leave thinking they got it. And I just saw immediately that I didn't have that same mentality and that I just really loved dancing. And I really loved New York. So I was like, what am I going to do to stay? 
so I just started working a lot of random jobs, uh, a lot of hustle jobs, and um, discovered my passion um, was in business, which is really cool because my dad is a really smart businessman, and I grew up just learning so much from him and realized that I had a lot of that natural instinct in me uh, when I started my business. Uh, yeah, so tell us a little bit more about what your business actually is, and I'm sure you were starting that business while also doing all these other side gigs and side hustles. So yeah, tell us a little bit more of that inspiration for what your business is. Yeah, so um, when I started hustling um, in New York City, I was working a lot of different jobs, and it was from catering. I was applying for jobs on Craigslist. I worked at a ballet school at the front desk. Um, just any kind of side job that I could get, I would do. I think I worked for a jewelry person for a while. And um, I kind of just saw this need for the artistic community to have like a source for jobs. And when I got in with a catering company and I knew that they were recruiting new people, I was like, I have people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, sometimes they would be like, oh yeah, bring like one or two of your friends and I'd get a little kickback. And the company, Mustard Lane is the name of the company, really started uh, when I applied for a gig off of Craigslist for a, a busy cafe chain in New York City. And I was like their afternoon promo girl. I handed out oh, flyers nice. and samples and their cafe was growing. They had multiple locations and one of me. Um, and then they wanted to do breakfast promos and lunch promos. And they would ask me to bring my friends to work for cash and for food, um, cash and food. Yeah. And uh, so I created this team of like 12 people and created a schedule and we would hand out flyers. And that's basically the beginning of Mustard Lane. We were, I mean, it was, a, it's a Greek company. They paid us under the table <laughs> um, and it was awesome. And uh, one day I was handing out flyers. I did it every day that I could. Um, you asked uh, how I kind of built the business and, and I worked every job I could until it just didn't make sense anymore until like right. I needed to run the business while I was like trying to hand out appetizers. Yeah. Um, but it, it was <laughs> fine line. And as an entrepreneur, when you have to make that decision, cause it does affect your cash flow. Um, but I was approached while I was handing out a flyer by a rep for honest tea and they asked me who I worked for. And I was like, I work for myself. This is my company. <laughs> and yeah. they asked if we could do 50 demos in New York City for the summer at uh, local Dwayne Reed's handing out samples of Honest Tea. And I was like, absolutely. And I like put, I like, that's when I formed the LLC. Okay. I got the bank account. I got the insurance. Like I, that's when I really like started the company. And that was in 2007. Okay. Um, so that was our first client and having that as a first client in 2007, it just kind of like rainfalled into um, lots of clients. Dwayne Reed loved having our teams inside the store. So then Dwayne Reed was our client and whenever they needed samplers, they would recommend us and then it just kind of so on and so forth. And so that's how the company first grew in New York City. Okay. And, and um, that was, yeah, 2007. We had built a team of people, like pretty a tight knit team, maybe like 30 people. 
And a few of them kind of moved to LA. That's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted yeah. to experience the LA. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, they're like, it'd be so cool if you had jobs for us out here. And I was like, oh, like, you know, maybe. And then we were approached by some of our clients uh, if we had staff in LA. And I'm like, we sure do. So we built the team there. And it's been really organic how um, the company Mustard Lane has grown through the years. And now we have a, a custom database of 5,000 people all across the country. Wow. Um, we've done events in 70 markets. And, you know, pre-COVID times, we were doing between at least one and maybe 20 events a day. Oh, wow. That's so, huge. Yeah. yeah. So um, where did the inspiration for Mustard Lane actually come, like the actual name itself? So good question. Um, I am a big Beatles fan. And, uh, and I think it just, it just comes from my dad. He's a big Beatles fan. Yeah. So it's kind of a way that we bonded. And um, my first client, which is uh, the cafe chain in New York City, he was a big Beatles fan. So right from the beginning, Very cool. I, would, I would call him Mean Mr. Mustard and he would be <laughs> Penny Lane. So before Mustard Lane was even a thing, I would just call the team the Mustard Lane team. And when I went to create the LLC, I just was like, Mustard Lane, it's going to be the name. And, you know, I didn't really put that much thought into it, but it's, it's really worked. Like people remember it and, and it works for what we do. It's awesome. Yeah. I love that story. That's so cool. So what kind of events do you guys, I know you were saying you were, you know, in store at some places or you were handing out samples. What other kind of things does Mustard Lane do? Like what were those 20 events a day, you know, very different events that you were doing or what did those events typically look like? So, I mean, really it, it is event staffing and, um, experiential experience. So we do anything from pop-ups and street teams, um, a lot of like uh, representing different brands. So like American Express or Facebook and, you know, the events can be small or big. So they might just want one or two people just to greet people at the door to run their photo booth. Um, We've also done long-term projects where it's, you know, a four month pop-up and, and where the staff of that pop-up doing, you know, street teaming and as well as the retail experience inside. So it just kind of varies. And it's been really interesting to see the turn in experiential that people are finally like realizing the type of people that work these type of jobs are performers and actors, a lot of them, and that they can act and they can memorize things. Um, So now, you know, they're coming they're, they're looking to create more of an experience. And, you know, we've created this like actor BA when a client is kind of doesn't know what they need or want. And we're like, this is what you need. And this is for the experience. And, and then it's almost like casting for the event, which is really fun and cool. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, those jobs can be really hard. It's like not just anybody can do that or, you know, be peppy and greet people. And um, it's really a gift for people to be able to make that experience really, really amazing at events like that. And I think that's often, you know, something that the you like the guest experience isn't a lot of times what the guest actually thinks about. They're like, oh, this is amazing, but it takes so much work to get to that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I found that like, you know, staff for a long time was just an after, afterthought for um, event event producers. And they're just like, oh my gosh, we need 20 people to work this event next week. Um, and now I think everyone's getting smarter about, you know, how events 
our piece together and now you know we're approached with plenty of time so that they can have the right 20 people working their event and make sure that they have the right look and vibe and experience and all of that stuff so it's been really cool to see how it's evolved um now is obviously an interesting time because we are definitely in an evolving state um and you know i'm i'm not sure what's going to happen i'm not sure when events like big events are going to come back we have created a bunch of virtual capabilities which is has been really fun and it just kind of natural and organic because the bulk of our team are actors and dancers and models and you know they're used to doing those uh tapes from home and yeah. um they have the the equipment so um we put together a, a bunch of virtual services and um one of them in particular that I want to talk about is our virtual telegram service it's been so fun and basically it's just uh it's it's original content for like a special think of like a, it is like a virtual telegram. So if you want to send like a birthday message and have a singer songwriter sing happy birthday to your mom, you know, you email us, let us know what you need. We'll pick the perfect singer songwriter that'll put this beautiful message together. And it's like so personal and amazing. Oh, I um, love that. It's been that. a lot of fun. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. That's amazing. What a, what a good idea. And I mean, especially now during quarantine and COVID and, you know, like Crystal and I were talking before we got on to recording about just both of us being in the events industry and how different things look. And it's so unknown right now because, you know, we're not sure when we'll be allowed to gather together in larger groups and 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever that might be. So I think pivoting to that virtual world is, is really key at this time. If it's doable for your business, for sure. So that's really cool. Have you seen good traction on the telegram? The telegram has been fun. It's been interesting. Like we we're spreading the word in like a natural pace. We're building our talent pool just so that we're not like bombarded, but it's just been really fun. And I'm excited to see the growth of it. I know that, you know, post Corona, like this is, this is also something that we can hang on to and do. And oh, for sure. um, We have so much talent. So it's just, it's been really fun. Yeah. So at what point um, during the business did you stop doing like any of the events? I'm curious, were you like still in it for a while? Do you still pop into things like that? I'm sure you're, I'm sure you probably love to, but I'm sure your responsibilities look so different now. (laughs) So yeah, the the evolution of the change is so funny. Um, So I, I would work certain from the beginning. I was a one woman show. I had a team of people and a weird, like not a weird process, but like I operated off of Excel and text yeah. messaging off of my BlackBerry. <laughs> like it was, you know, pre iPhone. Days of like, the BlackBerry. Yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I walked around with like, I printed a schedule of where everyone was and I would put it in my back pocket, like just so I had it at all times. Like it was, man, it's, it's, I mean, that's, that's literally how I did things. And I worked as many things as I could and that's how I paid myself. And um, because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're not supposed to pay yourself. So (laughs) you keep it all in the business. That's that's what you do as long as you can. And uh, so I remember I was getting more clients. I was probably maybe three years into the business and um, I was working for the catering company that I staff for. So a lot of the staff there were working for me, but I was also working. And, um, you know, I was in the back, like texting and, you know, someone was late or whatever there was, you couldn't find the samples. 
And I could tell that my the, the person that owns the catering company was a little annoyed by me because I was supposed to be handing out appetizers. Yeah. And then I go out there and I saw one of my Mustard Lane clients out in the event. Mm, and I was mm. like, I can't serve them many hot dogs. <laughs> You're <laughs> you like, know, this I, is not how I thought this was going to go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I just can't. So I, I mean, not that I walked off the job, but I, right. I went in the back. I told my, my friend Cater, I was like, I um, am taking myself out. I'm happy to help in the kitchen. You don't have to pay me for today. And that was one of the last gigs I worked. Yeah. Um, there was one job I, 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 I kept doing just because I knew that interaction would never happen. And it was, we, um, worked with an advertising agency and they have a bar in their office, of course. Yeah. And Sounds so, great. Yeah. <laughs> and I would staff the bar there and it was really easy money. It was, they would all like, I would get a ton of tips and it was like from six to nine. So like, you know, no skin yeah, on my back. That's so great. And, and, and I became friendly with the bartender there. And so I would just work there whenever I could just for extra money, even past that three year point. And, and I ended up meeting my husband doing that job. Oh, so. <laughs> that's nice. It was all worth it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I think so as yeah. like business owners, you know, we have to figure out the role of like CEO, right? Of how to manage a team of people and kind of take yourself out of the actual, you know, whether it's day to day, like the, you know, the busyness of things. And it's like you hire people for a reason. And so for you, I'm sure, and I've learned too in hiring people to produce weddings and stuff, like I have to kind of take a step back and like, let them run things and like trust them. Right. Because I have to focus on the bigger picture than just the busyness of answering emails or posting to Instagram or Pinterest or whatever it is. But it's kind of realizing that time, right. Of when you're like, okay, now I have to be CEO of this company and let other people serve the hot dogs or (laughs) serve the drink. No, absolutely. I mean, it is, it's really hard to, to even the act of delegating um, was, you know, one of, one of my first biggest challenges because, you know, no one's going to do it like me. And, you know, and that was just really hard. And then also like knowing that you could do something and it would take you an hour and someone else, it might take them three hours. Um, But then you realize that you actually need that hour. So you'll pay someone three hours because you need more hours. Yeah, Um, for sure. It's just like coming to that realization as well. Yeah, for sure. And so I know, so you have Mustard Lane and then you did the virtual telegram. And I know you also have a nonprofit side of Mustard Lane called Off the Lane. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, what prompted you to also start a nonprofit and yeah, what your main mission is with that. So the nonprofit came about when, I mean, it's kind of cool when you get to a point in your business and you're like, oh, I want to, I can give back. Like I want to give back. And, you know, I was talking to my accountant, I was talking to my dad, who's one of my business mentors. And he's like, is there something you care about? Like, do you, is there an organization you care about? And I was like, well, actually, like, I really care about the artistic community. And because of the the people that I'm surrounded around, like I know, you know, what can help them, you know, succeed in their careers. And, you know, I feel like just teaching them, business-minded things will just be make such a difference in their world and so I was like I want my own nonprofit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, 
Um, so that idea came about, I think it was maybe 2018, and I finally got my act together and um, got every all the paperwork and everything in 2019, and we launched our first programs uh, this year, 2020. So it's been a long time coming, but so fun and so exciting, and, and our mission is to just um, enrich it and educate our artistic community. Um, we currently have two programs that are live and um, we're launching one more soon. Uh, so it's just like, even though live events have been slow for me, Mustard Lane's been slow off the lane, has been booming and growing and, and there's been so much momentum and it's actually been kind of a blessing because I actually have time to like think about it and put my, put my mind to it and figure out next steps for, you know, next programs. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that aspect of being able to start a foundation. I have a background in nonprofit work and uh, went to college for it. And I always had wanted to start a nonprofit of my own. And then I ended up starting a for-profit business. But it's interesting because I was talking about that recently with someone of like, how do I start a foundation off my business? I'm definitely not at the point, but it's, it's such a good way because you know you know, who you want to impact and how, like what you were saying, you're like, I know this community so well. So what can I do to help them? Which is amazing. So do you, how do you guys fundraise or is a lot of it funneled through uh, Mustard Lane? So until now we've been self-funded, um, but because, and the team's been really small and it, it's really amazing because everyone is so passionate about the program that I have on my internal team. And a lot of them I know through Mustard Lane. So it is just like this really nice family of people that just want to see this organization turn into something. Um, but we're getting to the point where we need to start um, thinking about how to get funding. So we are planning our first virtual fundraiser um, at the end of July, which is super exciting. We're going to have a host and some guests and maybe some performers. So it should be a really fun time. And yeah. then uh, we've just started the process of um, applying for grants. The, the nonprofit world is very new to me. I'm like, yeah. I know, I know for profit, like, you know, the back <laughs> of my hand. And for some reason, this nonprofit, I'm like, how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Grant applications and things like that are very tedious work, but they're yeah. so worth it if you can get, get one. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like I was just, it was interesting because I feel like I'm such a novice um, at nonprofit and, and there's so much I need to learn about it, but because I know so much about business and off the lane is set up in such a beautiful way that we are like sustaining and we do have all these resources of amazing people of, you know, to, to develop these new programs that we can get done in two weeks and, and launch, which like, no, like it's not a normal thing for an organization. Right. Um, so it's just really exciting to know that, you know, we're in a really good spot and there is so much momentum. Yeah. So I know it's kind of been going for about a year. You said a year, uh -huh. year and a half. What have you seen? Have you seen some really tangible like impact and results from that, that you were like, yes, this is what I wanted. And um, where do you kind of see that going? 
So it's it's really fun and, and it's really interesting. Like I'm definitely like a big picture person and I, you know, jump head first and like, you know, let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm surrounded by people that are that are grounding me and, you know, want to come up with a plan and a process and procedures. And I'm like, thank you so much <laughs> because it's so important. And um, what's been really cool is our, our mentorship program that did launch in, um, in March. The timing of it was actually just kind of amazing because it was set up to be virtual anyway and uh and because the you know the world turned virtual we did a we did a hard push to expand the program and get more people involved because um you know there was such a need for virtual resources and we ended up growing the program um so from starting our program the mentorship program in march until currently it's grown like 300 percent it is wow I mean, the numbers are small now, but seeing that percentage growth in such a short amount of time and, you know, we've only had three sessions and our next session will be in the fall. So, um, you know, we've already been able to help 20 mentees, young people ready to um, work and, you know, just learn about life the city hustle, all of those things. And, um, you know, come fall, you know, hopefully we'll have another 20 people, you know, ready, ready to be in our program. So that's very. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you work directly with like schools or can people just apply to get into the mentorship program? So right now we have been trying to partner with schools. And so a lot of our mentees came through creating those relationships with the schools or the professors and then passing along the information. Um, but really anyone, we ideally we're looking for college seniors that are looking to move to New York City, study something creative, to do something in the creative world. And uh, they can just apply online. Um, we have an application there too. And then we are actually hoping to expand um, the market. So right now it's just New York City, but um, I think in 2021, spring of 2021, we'll have LA be one of the hubs and, and okay. Chicago as well. Um, so uh, yeah, that's exciting. Amazing. Yeah. I love that so much. So running two businesses, essentially, what do you feel like for you? I mean, because as entrepreneurs, right, we can tend to have a lot of ideas and a lot of projects and have our hands in like multiple things. And so for you kind of running two businesses that very much go hand in hand, how do you, how do you feel like you manage that? And what are, you know, some of the challenges that come with that? But share a little bit more about how you've managed that over, over the years. So I think, I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> and and, and I mean, entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like on the outside entrepreneurship just looks like so glamorous and on the inside it is, it's nonstop. Like you, you can't just flip the switch when you want to or when you need to. And, you know, I'm so lucky because my husband's an entrepreneur too. So we just are like crazy entrepreneurs that work a lot, but like, um, you know, also try to take that time when we really need to. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I wasn't able to take any of that time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting because I feel like we all quit some sort of version of a a corporate gig or working for somebody else so we can have more free time, which I absolutely do have more free time, but it's still different because I feel like I'm working all the time. And it's, it's so different than, you know, a lot of friends who have 
regular corporate jobs and this, it just feels very different. And I, I think that's why as entrepreneurs, I know for me, like there's a lot of guilt wrapped up in taking time for ourselves and taking a vacation because there's always something we can be doing, right? Or like we're the ones responsible for sales and our salary for the year. So it's, it's a, it's a like eating, sleeping, breathing entrepreneurship really day in and day out to, because I mean, I'm sure you could agree, like no matter how successful you get, it doesn't mean you can just like take a step back and be like, oh, things are good. I like finally hit a spot where I want because there's always the next point you want to reach, right? And so it's always like this hustle in a sense of knowing that you're responsible because you also employ so many people. So it's kind of like you, especially during a time of COVID, you know, it's like, okay, how do we pivot? How do we, you know, keep people employed and continue to create these opportunities? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been definitely trying and challenging, especially during this COVID time. Like, I mean, not that this is the, the least amount that I've worked, but like, I realized how, how much like my mind capacity is with work and being home, you know, with my new puppy and, you know, seeing all the house stuff that like I could be doing and fixing up or whatever. Like it kind of just makes you realize that there, you know, are other things out there that, you know, deserve your focus when you have time to do that. Yeah. It's Um, a balance. Balancing act. It is a balancing act. And I think another challenge and just something that's helped me grow is uh, building that foundation for all, for both of my, my company and the organization and the team around. I think that just takes a lot of time to really just find people that are passionate about what you do, what you're doing and what they're doing and what their job is. And I'm so lucky now that I'm surrounded by amazing people and I can, instead of me having to do day-to-day things, you know, I, it's all delegated and I'm overseeing everything and I'm making sure everything gets done and it make you know, it's really, it's really gratifying having that role that I should have as, as you yeah. know, the CEO and the president. So it's cool. Yeah. Having that supportive team is just, it's everything in running a company of people that can kind of pick up the slack or, you know, fill in where your weaknesses are, bring hiring in people who have those strengths to really support you as being the leader, which is, it's so key. So what for you, would you say has really been maybe a top lesson you've learned or a couple lessons that you've learned over the years in business that you would love to share with other entrepreneurs just to kind of help um, inspire them? Cause I know, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the, oh my gosh, this person's so successful. They probably never experienced this or what I'm going through. But the truth is like, we've all been there. Right. And we're all just at different stages. So yeah, share a little bit about what are some big lessons you've learned over the years in running a business and now a nonprofit as well. So, I mean, one of the lessons I was, well, I was really, I'm really grateful that I was able to grow up in a family that, you know, had a family business. So I already knew, you know, how challenging it would be and how stressful it would be at times. And, you know, 
I, I was very aware as a kid if, you know, it was a good month or if it was a bad month. Mm. And one thing, you know, I learned early on is in, the, in, a, in a day, there's so many highs and there's so many lows and you just, you, you have to learn not to be too emotional about it. Um, and you need to embrace both. The lows will make you better and the highs, you know, you don't want to get too high because, you know, it'll be, a, it'll be a long drop. Um, so just kind of keeping even keel uh, is, is what I would, my, my top advice for any new business venture and even someone who's uh, been an entrepreneur for a long time can definitely understand that statement. Um, it's really important. Yeah. And how do you feel like you manage that? Because I know for me, I definitely understand those highs and lows and I'm trying to not make them as emotional because they happen so frequent and I think I had always hoped one day it's like, oh, when I'm like more successful, those will go away. But as the more my business has grown and being in business now for five years, I'm like, okay, it really never goes away. It's just at a different capacity. Like I worry about different things now than I did five years ago. So how do you feel like you kind of manage those lows and highs? Because that's definitely a learning process and a discipline over the years. Uh, it takes, it, discipline's the right word. It just takes time. It, it's teaching yourself um, you need to learn how to breathe a little bit. I, I, I do meditation when I'm really stressed out. Um, and, you know, at the time when I started meditation, it was when I didn't have time to do it. So I was literally like on the subway listening to meditation <laughs> and where I couldn't shut my eyes, but like I was meditating right. yeah. <laughs> and it made me feel better. But uh, yeah, just those, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I think that's so good. It's really, it's finding finding the time anywhere, right? If you can do it on the subway, it's like you have to, you can't make the excuse like I don't have time because there's always a moment or, you know, five, 10 minutes that you can give to it in a day to like keep your mental sanity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think it's also important. It's something that I like, I need to be better at and um, is just keeping in touch with like your friends. Like it's mm -hmm. so easy to just like put business first, friends and family um, and, you know, not respond to a text or not pick up a phone call from your best friend in England. Like, you know, pick up that call yeah. and, say hi and talk for two minutes. Um, it'll make you feel better and it'll, you know, it'll be good. So yeah, just trying to carve out time for the people that, you know, inspire you. Yeah, for sure. So what other advice would you give to somebody who's wanting to start their own business or start their own nonprofit? What is some key business advice that you would share with others? So, I mean, I think it's important that anyone who's looking to be an entrepreneur is to to know that you have to jump in head first. Like you just have to do it. You have to put 150% into it. Even if you don't have 150% to give, like that's what you need to give in order for it to be successful. I think that's my number one advice for anyone that would want to start a business, just them knowing how much work it's going to take. I feel like a lot of people kind of have their like one foot out, one foot in, yeah. like, you know, and you just, you just got to jump in and do it and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, try something else, you know, like that's, that's what it's going to take. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, giving it 150%, even if it still means like you have to work that side job to pay, pay the rent. Cause I definitely don't want people walking away. Like I'm going to go quit my job and <laughs> you know, but I like, even for myself, I, 
was working part-time, you know, for a year and a half or so before we kind of mutually parted ways and it forced me into my business full-time. But I was already hitting a point where I knew that if I wasn't going to give my full attention to my business, it wasn't going to continue to grow. But I was working still part-time and on my business and I was giving that all the, you know, free time that I had. So I think, you know, taking your advice, that's a huge thing is like knowing it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's not going to be easy and you do have to give it 150% maybe while you're still working another job Mm -hmm. that's paying your bills. Like you Mm -hmm. did in the beginning, you were working so many different gigs and, you know, you kind of hit a point, I think, and where you're just like, oh, I have to take a step back or where you realized, oh, we can actually make this an LLC and, you know, a real business and grow this. Yeah, it's it, it's a really nice feeling when you get to that moment. And then another piece of advice is uh, is just networking, networking all the time. Have a lot of conversations. I feel like those conversations will be inspiring. It'll give you new ideas. I feel like I when I would have good conversations, even I would set up coffee chats with people, anyone who would sit down and talk with me, no matter what kind of field they were in. I always learned something new about business, about their business that I could implement into my business. And I found it helpful. I I found it lit a fire under me and it just kept me motivated. Even when things were slow as I was building the business, it just, it was nice inspiration to have. Yeah. And I think that's huge too for, I've always accredited a lot of my relationships in this industry from networking and just going to events and it might be awkward and you might be like, I don't know anybody here, but you come to realize that most people don't know anybody there. They're not all best friends and you're not walking into this like really Mm -hmm. tight knit circle. But I would say even for mentors, like I've had people come to me just asking, how'd you start your business? How did you get into this? And they have like a list of questions, which is great. And I think, you know, if you're going to reach out to someone and, you know, want them to be your mentor, you know, really come with an agenda of like specific questions you want to ask, because I think it's important to not waste anyone's time, right? And just really get the answers you want, you know, like people are giving you your time. And so... I think that's always been really key because I have met with people who are kind of like, well, I don't really know what to ask. And I'm like, well, you called me, you know? (laughs) So I think that for me, I guess that's really key in just, you know, mentoring and really having an agenda of like, what, what can I, how can I best utilize this time with this person who's giving me, you know, 30 minutes of their time? what you want to learn. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's great advice. Yeah, for sure. So I know earlier, you know, we're talking about having your hand in multiple businesses. And I kind of mentioned like as entrepreneurs, we have a lot of ideas and things like that. And so how do you feel, I guess, what would would you say is your best advice for people who feel like they have all these ideas? Maybe they're just kind of starting out or they have a business, but they don't know how to hone in on it or like which direction, which path is the right way to go. Um, what would you say for people to kind of figure out where to go, which path to take? I feel like there there are people that just have so many great ideas and they put a little bit of effort into all those ideas and it just, it never works. And so my advice is to pick one great idea 
put 150% into that. And, you know, which idea, I don't know, maybe, maybe get some feedback from people, you know, talk about it, talk about the different ones, see which one people are more excited about for you, but also just to trust your instinct. And, you know, if one idea, if you go 150% into one idea and it doesn't work, I'll move on to the next. But I do really believe that you need to put you know, everything into one um, to start. That's great advice. So how can people be a part of Mustard Mustard Lane or Off the Lane and and get involved with you guys, whether it's from a mentee perspective or mentor perspective, or maybe they want to be, you know, a singer or (laughs) whatever it is and get involved? So, I mean, no matter where you are in the country, if you work gigs like promo gigs and event gigs, um, we are always hiring. You can hit us up on um, the website, mustardlane.com. You can apply to be a laner. That's what we call our team members. Oh, that's cute. I love that. Yeah. And uh, you'll send your headshot and resume and our recruiting department will reach out to you and we'll set you up with an interview. And then if if you're a good fit for us, we'll give you a profile in our database. And as gigs come in that you might be good for, we send out individual invites for the event and then, you know, hopefully we'll be working with you. And then for the nonprofit off the lane, if, if you are a um, college student, junior, senior that wants to be in our mentorship program, you can go to offthelane.org. If you want to move to New York City specifically, um, spring of 2021, moving to LA or Chicago is going to be an option. We also have a program where it's, it's called Speaker Series, where we bring in special guests to talk about what they're experts on. We've done financial, entrepreneurship, we've done um, self-tapes, tips and tricks. We're doing wellness this month. Um, anyways, you can join our newsletter at offline.org um, to keep in the know. And if you want to volunteer, I'm always looking for help. You can uh, just email us uh, through the website. I love that. Perfect. And I was going to ask, how many full-time staff members do you have helping you run so, everything? So we are lean and mean, especially now that uh, we're in Corona time. So I have three full-time staff and then two to three part-time um, that just kind of help with odds and ends. So we're lean and mean all the time, but we're very condensed right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So small internal team. Yeah. Gets the job done though. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Tight team. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I forgot to mention my, my husband is a software developer. Okay. So he actually built the software that Mustard Lane uses, um, which is, amazing I basically like he basically put my beautiful mind uh, as a software yeah and, um, <laughs> and that actually like helped us grow so 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 much <laughs> yeah oh wow that's so awesome it's good to you know like, again like even though that's your husband it's so great to I think that ties back into networking right of just like meeting people and sharing ideas because you know, like it sounds like you're the creative side of that, but maybe someone hears that and they're like, I can help you with that. And I just feel like the most, the best connections have always come from just random small conversations. And there's, there's really like no agenda. Like I'm not trying to pitch you or anything, but like just, you know, good conversations of us talking about business. And then, you know, that's what kind of makes you want to work with people too and, and collaborate on projects. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like one of my things that I love teaching um, anyone who works with me is that people enjoy doing business with people that they like. 
Um, and that's not going to change. It's not going to stop. Like, so just, you know, to keep that in mind as you're having these conversations. Yeah. Just be genuine and be yourself. Yeah. 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 So how, Crystal, how can everyone find you guys online, how they can connect with you, follow your work and, and get involved? So, um, yeah, we have a lot of social handles. Uh, Mustard Lane is the one probably with the most action. Um, I didn't really talk about it today, but we do also run a small event space in Chelsea, Manhattan. The name of that is Most Space, at Most Space, M-E-A-U-X. That's a, a beautiful space. We rented out for small events and photo shoots and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, <laughs> and then Off the Lane, at Off the Lane, um, on Instagram, you can see, you can be in the know of all the things we're doing. Perfect. And is your website just mustardlane.com? It sure is. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was just, I loved connecting with you. Crystal and I got connected through a really good friend of mine, Mike, who lives in New York City and works with you in the nonprofit side, correct? Yeah. And so again, back to the networking thing of like, just, you know, knowing someone who's like, Hey, I think the two of you should meet and have this conversation. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to share about your business and how you got started and just so many helpful things and advice for other entrepreneurs getting started. And I think, I hope people walk away from this, just feeling really inspired to, to get after it. And, you know, whether you have a small team or not, like you can make things happen and, I think if you're passionate about it, and like you said, give 150%, anything is possible. Oh, I've had such a great time. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And that's today's episode of The Local Table. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm truly grateful that you're tuning in. About a year ago, this was just a dream of mine. And now it's so exciting to be here interviewing other people, sharing their stories, and just delivering really great content. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, or maybe you gained a new perspective, or you learned a thing or two. It would honestly mean the world to me if you would be so kind and leave us a positive review if you enjoyed today's show. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, and we'll see you next time on The Local Table.